Cars, the copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Money 
if you will keep your eyes and ears open. Memorize the faces of suspected criminals. Remember scraps of conversation. Make notes of automobile license numbers. If you are held up, remember that you will soon be talking to the police, who will ask you for detailed descriptions of the robbers. The more information you can give us, the quicker we can recover the stolen property. We of the police department welcome your help and thank you for your suggestions. You will now hear how an alert amateur detective helped us solve a famous diamond robbery. We go back for the beginning of tonight's story to the Christmas shopping rush of several years ago. Mr. and Mrs. Abraham Zeminski are paying one of their many visits to a little radio shop near their home on 29th Street. Papa, I think this would make us an elegant piece of furniture. Well, I'm telling you, it's too big. It costs too much. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I'll buy you this one. It's a little smaller, but you can play it louder. No, no, Papa. This big one would be lovely by the green touch over stuff. Mama, you break me yet? I, I tell you, it's too much. Gee, pipe the rock on the dame. You keep in mind in your business and your customers. Yeah, but I'm blinded by the ice. And pipe the headlight on the old man's finger. Boy, it's worth a fortune. All right, but you're selling radios. Yeah. Uh, I think Madam will find the Empire console model here will fit in most agreeably with her other furnishings. Papa, did you hear what he called me? Madam. He's saying you compliments and it's costing me money. Hello, Mrs. Minsky. How are you? Hello, Mrs. Mansovich. How are you? What a beautiful fur coat. Mrs. Minsky. You have been spending on your Rebecca once more, no? Mm, Mrs. Monkovich, oh, this is costing me money. Oh, Mrs. Monkovich, let me tell you, Papa put out $1,500 for this seal skin coat. $1,500? No. Is it possible? You are a good husband, Mrs. Monkovich. I'll tell you what I do, Mama. I make your proposition. We go home now and we buy the radio maybe sometime again later. Uh, perhaps, madam, would like to hear the tone of the instrument. No. No, I know it must be very classy. You know, you know, this puppy is so good to me. He buys me everything I want. You're fortunate, Rebecca. My man is not so. He's a loafer. Fourteen years he has had his meat market. And what has he got for me? Nothing but seven kids on a mortgage. <laughs> I should better be married to your husband. No, Mrs. Mansovich. That you cannot do. Papa is mine. Papa is too good to me. Young man, you can lock up the radio and send it up to our house. You have the address? Yes, ma'am. Did you get that? Mrs. Mountain said it. Mountain? On the next day, Roy behold the clerk in the radio store, installs the new radio for Mr. and Mrs. Zeminski. Uh, just one more wire to fasten, and you'll be all set, madam. How nice. Uh, that's all nice to me. Papa, how you talk. You don't appreciate artistic things. Too long you've worked without getting culture. Now we can enjoy things. There you are, madam. The tubes are warming up now. 
how to listen to music. Oh, yeah. Oh, in Poland it was not so. When we were young. No, but you could hear her at the Diamond's play for nothing. There you are, madam. This dial on the right controls the volume. What's that? I make it louder or softer. Now, this dial here brings in your station. If it gives you any trouble, let me know. Don't worry. We will. Uh, nice place you got here, madam. Very tastefully furnished. Do you think so? Maybe you'd like to look around. I just baked some cookies. Would you like some in a drop of wine, maybe? Uh, sure. I don't mind if I do. such a rock in your life. Biggest spotlight. Yeah? Yeah, on the level. Must be ten grand in ice in the place. Hope's not over. Nah, it's a pipe. I've been back there four times to service the radio. I jimmed it when I put it in so it wouldn't work any too hot. I got the whole layout. Okay. As an old con yourself, you ought to know a good thing when you see it. But this ain't my record. Yeah, I know. It's different from safe cracking. It's a crying scene to overlook an easy knockover like this. Yeah, you're right. Well, when do you want to go? Anytime you say. Oh, there's no time like now. Okay, pal. Early in the evening of January 23rd, 1929, a Chevrolet Coupe cruises back and forth on West 29th Street. Finally, it comes to a stop. And the driver quickly turns off the lights. It's dark enough now. Let's get going. Okay, just a minute. What's the delay? Oh, uh, I've got to get a shot. Hey, what's the big idea? No. Didn't you know I was drunk on the stuff? No. Well, I am. Well, you better lay off sniffing cocaine. we got work to do. Oh, I couldn't do a thing unless I got a load. Uh, that's better. Here, you want to try it? No, no thanks. Uh, you ready now? Yeah. That's so. Don't forget now, I'm Gabe, you're John. Okay. Here's the house. Any dogs? No. Good. All right, uh, let's get these bandanas on. Got yours? Yep. Well, how do I look? Like Jesse James? Yeah, something like that. Here's old Black Bart right behind you. Got your dead out? Sure. Uh, let's get going, then. Wait a minute. The screen door's locked. You ring that bell like the devil while I cut off the screen. Okay. There we are. Oh! Hey, what's the matter? Oh, I cut myself on the screen. When I got it unlocked, I down. Here comes the old guy. Good evening. What can I do for you? Well, I'm up and keep them up and shut your eyes. What is this, a bicycle joke? No, it ain't no joke, Now get inside. Please, Mrs. Just stand there in the draft afternoon. They're already coming in, Mama. Shut that door, Gabe. <laughs> Quiet, you. Put up your hand, too. Oh, don't frighten her, please. Put the guns down. You won't try to run away. Shut up, you. There, put your hands up. What do you want of us? We came for diamonds. Hand them over and be quick about it. What, Simon? We have nothing you would want. Is that so? Suppose you let us be the judge of that. Where are they? I tell you, I... Shut up. We'll find them ourselves. Face the wall, you two. You can cover, Gibbs, while I fix the joint. Okay. 
I thought you were speaking when you said you were sick. Well, we'll find out whether you're telling the truth soon enough. <laughs> yeah, here it is, Gabe. Yeah? I ain't got the big rock, all right. It's worth three grand if it's worth a penny. You find anything else? No. Well, how about it, folks? Got anything else? Doug, six pins, anything? No. Alex, you've got it all. He did have a diamond stick pin, but somebody stole it from him on your Jefferson Avenue streetcar. Okay, we got enough now. We'll leave you people tied up. We'll phone the cops after we've left and tell them you've been stuck up. Then they'll come in and tie you. So long. Zeminski doesn't wait for the robber's magnanimous offer to call the police, but as soon as the criminals leave, she unleashes the bonds of herself and her husband and telephones the police department. KGPL, the police radio station, broadcasts the call to the car in the neighborhood of 29th Street, and two minutes later, officers Bird and Atsy of the University Division arrive at Zeminski home. The frightened couple tell their story to the police. And then, you saw one of the men were talking, Papa. Now we went into the kitchen. What for? I don't know. You better take a look out there, Bert. Okay. Now, would you recognize this man as you saw him again? Uh, I wouldn't know them to see them. The chief sergeant, they had bandanas on their faces. But I don't, but I, oh, I know them if I hear their voices. One of them sounded familiar, didn't you think so, Papa? I couldn't tell. I was too scared. Hey, here's something. What's that? Here's two rings I found in the kitchen with a ticket paper over them. Oh, my dinner ring. Oh, my lovely dinner ring. If the guy was in such a hurry looking the stones over, he forgot these. Yes, Papa. I got my dinner ring back. It's that Oh, Papa. Uh, aren't you glad? Mama. But what about my big solitaire? We'll never see that again. Well, we'll do our best to recover it, Mrs. Aminsky. But you can see we haven't got much to go on in the way of identification. Oh, Papa. They didn't spin again coming back after the ring. I'll answer it. Get the gun out, please. Right. What do you want? Is this the Zeminsky home? Oh, hello, Pat. What is it? Oh, did you get held up or something? Yes, Pat, but I'll tell you about it some other time, though. I, I'm busy now with these officers. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Well, all right, only... I wanted to tell you I happened to see a couple of fellas driving up and down the block about a half an hour ago. Well, what kind of a car? Um, Chevrolet, I think. A, a coupe. How come you paid any attention to it? Well, they drove by a couple of times and they sort of looked suspicious, so I thought I'd keep my eye on them. You know, I'm taking a correspondence school course on how to be a detective. You are, eh? Well, maybe you can help us with that. Go on. Well... When I went home for supper, I, I kept thinking about that car, and it, it sort of worried me, so I went out again, and sure enough, that car was parked a little ways down the street from Mr. Zeminsky's house. Yeah? So what did you do? Well, I, I stood behind a tree across the street from the house, and I saw the two men get out of the car and walk up on Mr. Zeminsky's porch. And so before I went back home to finish supper, I sneaked up behind the car, and I took the license number. What? You got the license number of the car? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we've got to do things like that now. Detective lessons, get information and so on. You know, without being... Yeah, yeah, I know, but what's the license number? Oh, uh, hang on. Here it is. I've got it written down here. It's uh, a 1929 license, 7G6783. 7 George 6783. Get on the phone, Bert, and give the captain that number. He'll place it in a jiffy. Okay. And kids, you've got the makings of a copper. That's mighty fine police work, getting that number. 
Department of Motor Vehicles reports that license 726783 is registered to one Walter Bailey, who lives at the Bernard Hotel, San Francisco. Captain Cahill of the Robert Detail at Central Headquarters requests the Chief of Police of San Francisco to investigate this man. The next morning, Captain Cahill receives a reply. Good. Kimberly. Sorry. Right? Yeah. Come into the office about it, will you? Right away, Bill. Well, I got a hot tip on that diamond job. Yeah? What is it? It's a wire from San Francisco. Those boys work fast up there. It says, Walter Daly checked out Renard Hotel January 21st. Gave forwarding address, Delroy Hotel, Los Angeles. Reputation unknown. Yeah, you know the Delroy, Bill. No, I can't place it. Sure, it's a dump on the other side of the track. Full of dips and snowbirds. Remember we knocked over Jerry Parker down Oh, there. yeah. Yeah, and we think a lot of other mugs in that joint. Well, let's get going. We'll ease down there and have a talk with this daily guy. <laughs> Leaving Pruitt and Sperry's lookouts in the police car, which they have parked half a block away, Cahill and Kimberly enter the hotel. Anything I can do for you, gents? We're looking for Daly. Is he registered here? I don't know. I'll have to telephone to Have we got anybody here by the name of Daly? Yeah, he's in 642. Some men are in the lobby for you, Mr. Daly. Hey, disconnect that thing. Go! Yeah, pretty well trained, ain't you? Tipping off the guest. Well, if that's the sort of a joint this is, you're escorting us up to Daly's room personally, mister. Come on, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you'll find out quick enough. idea all is strong on them. All right, we don't have to draw pictures, do we? You're wise to who we are. And if I remember right, I'm wise to who you are. Seems like I've seen you in several show-offs. Oh, yeah? How's about it, Dale? Don't you look familiar? Yeah, he does with that. They are Now, where's 642? Right down the hall. Yeah, and the boys are walking out the back way already. Hey, you guys. We're police officers. Stay up and get back in that room. Go on. Make it terrific. You too. Ah, but I'm the manager of this hotel. I don't care who you are. You're going in there with the other two. All right, Kimberly. Take them down. Yeah. Find anything? No, no, Gap. Okay. You can put your hands down now. But the first man that makes a move is going to get killed. Now, which one of you is Daly? I'm Daly. All right. That's your suitcase? Yeah. See what he's got in there, Kimberly. No, nothing like. Here's clothes. Oh, oh, here's a camera, something. Let me see it. Hmm. What have you been doing with this Mr. Magneto, Daly? Been having stomach trouble? Well, yeah, a little. I've been bothered some lately. Well, that's fine, Daly. Thanks for your information. I happen to know that this stuff you admit is your milk of magnesia is morphine. You know how they'll book you for position of narcotics. You flat put it. Now, don't get tough, Haley. That won't do any good. You'd better just take it easy. Now, tell us, Haley, who is your partner on that last job? What job? The one you pulled last night. We didn't pull any job. We sort of think you did. You see, Bailey, you can usually spot us guys who wear badges, but you never can tell when an amateur detective is sticking out on you. (laughs) 
Bill takes his business to headquarters, leaving Scurry on stakeout at the hotel. The two men are watched closely on the way to the station to prevent them from throwing away any jewels. For an intensive search of the room had failed to reveal the missing diamonds. They are mugged and fingerprinted, and a comparison of records shows that Bailey, under many illnesses, had led a life of crime for 30 years, while DeVogue, his partner, is on parole from Folsom, where he was sentenced to serve a term for bank robbery. Mr. and Mrs. Zeminski are summoned to Central in an effort further to identify the two criminals. If you'll just be seated here, Mrs. Zeminski. Oh, thank you. And uh, you over here, Mr. Zeminski. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kimberly, bring in number one. Do you folks recognize this man? Papa, that's the nice young gentleman who called me, madam. The one who sold us the radio. Yes, I am. I told you you shouldn't have bought that radio, Mama. Hey, what's this all about? I never saw these people before in my life. That's him. That's him. I know him just so still by his voice. What did you do with my diamonds, you young loafer? Hey, what is this, a frame-up? I don't know nothing about no diamonds. As soon as the Zeminskis hear daily talk, they recognize him as the other robber. That evening, the questioning of Bailey begins. Thing. 